Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1234 in Edmonton to the Ashley Five Floors text line 780-496-0063. Kurt has texted the show to say, Bob, do you think Ken Holland would have any interest in pursuing Eric Holla? Uh, I think Eric Hall is going to be in a good position because I think there's going to be a shortage of centers. Um, I think Hall, I know there's some guys that don't like the analytics on Hall. Personally, I think he's a pretty decent third-line center, and he's probably going to get paid like a pretty decent third-line center, and the Edmonton Oilers need a third-line center. So uh, I guess everything's going to come down to price point, but I do think that he would be on the radar screen for Edmonton, and frankly, I think for the Hall camp, uh, Edmonton might be on the on – the, uh, Sort of uh, one of the you know five or six places that he might be looking to go to. He's going to have some options. All right, let's go to Elliot Friedman for NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Curry Resort Casino. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? How are you doing? Good. I heard you got everybody fired up in Calgary earlier today. What do they do? Well, I, when I'm getting texts about your appearance in Calgary, uh, that's always a good thing. So, uh, first of all, hey, just before we get to, you know, what might happen in the offseason, two things. Yeah. Number one, were you surprised, given that David Riddick hadn't seen any action forever, that Jeff Ward made the decision he did at 3-3 in the game yesterday? You know, i, I got to tell you, I, I would like to hear, I think last night in the aftermath of that game, which was an emotional night, Bob, yeah, I think that Ward and Talbot kind of both hid the truth of what happened, uh-huh. and and I think they were doing it. And I understand it. Like you know, sometimes you get annoyed when people lie to you, but you know, I understand it. They just lost. I didn't think they wanted to uh, drive the bus over each other, um, and especially not Ward on on Talbot. This is what I think happened. I think he wanted to slow down the game. I think he wanted to, you know, Talbot was struggling. There was no question about that. I think he wanted to slow down the game. I think he wanted to take him out and put him back in. But if you watch, and I checked, when Dallas scores to make it 5-3, to three, um, and then they drop the puck for the faceoff. You're looking on the bench. You're, you're looking, looking on, on the bench. bench and, and Talbot's starting to come back from the room. Yep. So now Ward said that there was an equipment issue. <laughs> My guess is Talbot was upset. He was upset about being pulled. He was upset about the way he was playing. Yep. It's a deciding game for them. Yep. He's having an emotional reaction. Yep. And I just think that he protected him. And, and I think that Ward probably wanted to put Talbot in, but he wasn't there. Yep. That's the fifth- my guess. 
Well, uh, you know what? Uh, you know, maybe you could work as a police officer uh, part-time or something, do some undercover work, because I kind of was thinking the same thing when I first saw Talbot. Talbot took full responsibility for his performance and justified the coach making the decision that he did. Uh, by the way, Mark Giordano, I mean, the guy's a veteran leader. You can tell that. Uh, but he did a great job of equi- equivocating, you know, what Cam Edmund told their team, that, uh, certainly during the course of the playoffs. 934 save percentage. I'm with you. You know, goaltenders get upset. Sometimes stuff gets busted. Those things happen. It was pretty interesting. That said, the question I asked is should he have been pulled? I'll stand by my yeah, comment. I, 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 w- had, I had no problem with the poll. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I have pulled. Yeah. I think he wanted to put him back in, yeah. and I think he wasn't there. All right. Uh, one guy who wasn't there, and I know he's not popular with Oilers fans, but every Oilers fan would admit, you know what? Edmonton needs a player like this guy. Calgary was not the same player after Matthew Kachuk went out of the series. Is that a fair comment? Yeah. I mean, I think the two biggest things that happened in the series, Bob, were Pavelski's goal late that, that you know sent uh, game four to overtime. And eventually they they won it. Um, and the second thing was Kachuk's injury. You know, it was Calgary was never the same. He's very much the emotional leader of their team. If there was any doubt about his value, it's over now. Um, you saw like his reactions during the game last night. The camera crew did a great job of capturing him uh, up in the box watching the game. They just weren't the same team without him. Just weren't. Yep. All right, so you go on Calgary Radio today, and you basically said you think there's going to be significant changes and upheaval with the Flames in the offseason. So yep. uh, you had a couple guys, Goodrow and Monaghan, they didn't get an even-strength point in the series. Uh, Lindholm finally got one last night in the first period. Um, Lindholm, does a, Lindholm plays more than both those guys and plays in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um Something's got to give there. It's tough to trade. I mean, centers, Monaghan's a legitimate top six center in the NHL. Uh, Johnny Goodrow is a winger. Uh, Do you think this is the last game that he'll he'll have played for the Calgary Flames? You know, I I don't like to deal in absolutes because you never know what can happen, but I think it's possible. I think what happens with Johnny Goodrow also is the contract. You know, he's got two years left, right? Yeah. And in in Calgary, you have to make a decision – do you honestly believe you can keep him? And so I don't only think it's a, a hockey-related reason. I think it's also a let's be honest with ourselves reason. You know, how does how did, is are we going to be able to keep this guy? And um, you know, I mean, he's an Eastern Asian American guy. You know, does he want to go closer to home? Does he want to go somewhere else? I, you know. I don't know the answer to these questions, but I think you have to be honest about it. Do you really think that you can keep them? And, you know, for that reason, I think all of that is going to be talked about. I think, look, like, what you know now in Calgary is, you know, you've seen this group now lose back-to-back two years in a row. Um, You know, I, I think there's some teams, you look at Carolina, okay, they went far last year. Eastern Conference finally lost in the first round this year. But you've got Aho under contract for a while. You've got Svechnikov is on his ELC. You've got like a Slavin signed to a long-term deal. Pesci was hurt, but he signed to a long-term deal. Stahl still has some term. Like a lot of those guys, you know, they're kind of locked in, and you've been successful with those guys. Calgary's guys, some of them are locked in, but some of them are getting close to the end, and you haven't been successful with them. I think that simply is going to be a situation where you're going to have to say, we're going to have to change our mix. 
Could something happen in Arizona, Elliot? I mean, they, they those were two ugly losses, albeit against an excellent, fast, and deep team in the Colorado Avalanche. But could there be a shakeup there, given the fact that they went down 7-1, 7-1 in the final two games of the series? I, I, I think it's possible. Um, you know, Arizona's got a tight cap situation next year, and that really clears up. You know, Arizona's cap situation eases up in a year. Yes. Um, you know, eventually, you know, Stepan comes off, Kessel comes off. Um, you know, some of their uh, some of their shorter, the more veteran guys, the shorter term, more veteran guys come off. I, I just think the big yes, I, I think they're going to look at their mix and they're going to say, you know, it, it's not going to work. And I think the other thing that's an issue here is, and you know, that's another owner whose whose business is hospitality, it's casinos and things like that. And some of these guys have gotten hammered. And I, I think we're curious to see with some of the owners, and there's been a lot of talk about Dallas, and, and that ownership group is into the hospitality industry too and what that could right. mean. I think there's some people looking at Arizona and the Marillo family and, and casinos and what's that going to mean. I, I, I think we're all still waiting to find out the answer to that. All right. So Goligoski, Jermelson, uh, Demers all come off the books, not this year, but next year. As Step ones after next year, right? Yep, and so is Grabner. And Kessel and Grabner's next year, and Kessel's two more years, I think. Right. So, like, their cap situation eases up in a year. So, is there an outside chance OEL could be in play? I, you know, I, I think he's only in play if he wants to be in play. Okay. Uh, this is the next uh, conversation. I could see a lot of interest in Charmelson. Uh, I, uh, he played pretty hard. And uh, he's, he's got, a winner. He's a winner. He's got great respect around the league. Huge respect. Well, I mean, we we all know the start towards the breakup of the relationship between Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville came over the Connor Murphy for Nicholas Charmelson trade. So that is uh, true. He's that, that guy wins for you. Um, Taylor Hall. Well, I, uh, I, I could I could see your neighbors down the road being players in that. Oh yeah. Um, all, all day. Um, you know, look, like, I think the thing about Hall is, like, I, I think he's going somewhere where um, where he thinks he's got a shot. Does he do the, does he do the Marion Hosa for a year? He, I, like, initially he was asked about that and he said no. Like, you know, like, nothing would surprise me with that guy from the sense that I think he really wants to win. Like his, like, okay, was that a playoff round that they beat Nashville? Technically, no, but it's you know it's the first playoff. It's the first thing he's ever won, right? And and you saw the joy when he, yeah. like, you saw his reaction, how happy he was, how much it meant to him. Like initially, he said no, and that might still be the answer. But what I do believe is this. I believe he's going to look hard at situations where he thinks he's got a chance. Like in this league, you like you never know. Like there's every year there's teams they make the playoffs and you're like, where did those guys come from? And sure. every year there's teams you miss and you're like, I never thought they would have missed. But I think he, I do think situation. Like is this a well-run organization? Is this a team that generally gives itself a chance? I think that's going to be a big factor in this process. Elliot, in the regular season, if you hit a guy and you get a, you clip his head, you get a two-game suspension no matter what. 
Okay. And that's if you get him with a shoulder, get him with a forearm. Mm-hmm. What, well, it's a two-game. Isn't it an automatic two-game suspension? Isn't that kind of well, the standard, standard for headshots? I, I, I have to look it up because I did look this up. Okay. You know where we're going next. Yeah, yeah, I know where we're going. Like, um, like I, I think, like, obviously Niskanen's very lucky. Like, in a perfect th- yes. world, in a perfect world, I would have liked to have seen him get two games so that he missed the rest of this series. Yeah. However, the one thing is, I looked this up. I, I went and I did the research. Like, okay. everybody says player safety in, in, in the league is inconsistent. I am 180 degrees and opposite of that. I think they've become pretty consistent. And I think... Okay. It's all become about precedence and what's happened in the past. And if you generally look at what's happened in the past, you can see what their rulings are going to be. So if, if you, you cross-check a guy it, in the face, if you cross-check a guy in the face, you either get no suspension like Niskanen did with Crosby, or you get a one-game suspension like he did with Gallagher. Well, if you take look at the guys in the past who've gotten suspensions for cross-checking in the playoffs. Go for it. Educate us. Okay, so hold on. I have to get my list because I wrote it down, okay? You're going to have to give me uh, – I should have been prepared for this because I knew you were going to ask me, but I actually went through this and, and looked at guys who've gotten – We're not going ca- to count Dale Hunter. <laughs> no, well, I'm talking about recent, like in the okay. last – Okay. Five years. Okay. Yeah. So you look at cross checking in the panel. Uh, Matt Calvert. Yeah. Josh Morrissey. Yes. Evander Kane. Uh, and I, and Nazem Kadri. Okay. And only one of those guys had a history. Nazem Kadri. Kadri. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. If you take a look at it, there's been three cross-checking suspensions in the playoffs. It's the last three years. I look back five, but it's the last three because Calvert was 17, Morrissey was 18, and uh, Kane was also 18. They all got one game. And then so the Kadri- moment I went back and I looked at this, yeah. I knew he was getting one game. Personally, yeah. I would have liked to have seen two. I, I yeah, think I- he should have gotten at least two. But the thing is now, like people – like. You can you can predict these. If you do the work, you can figure out what they're going to do. I, I, Elliot, I think most people listening to this show right now that mm-hmm. have played hockey at all in their lives, and especially mm-hmm. for, for people over the age of 40, because if you cross-checked a guy in the face... You paid for it. You had to answer for it, and that's not. There's they've 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 sort of rooted answering for stuff out of the game. But well, to that's, me, that's because we know what fighting does to brains now, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So instead, you, you can know, use, you're like Bob. Like you're right. Like in a, in a person, you can't. Like, you shouldn't always, be using when I when I grew up. When I grew up, I knew that if I punched someone or I annoyed someone, I was going to get punched back. The uh-huh. risk was there, right? Yeah. Not the way it's done anymore. I know, but the point is with the stick, it just, I'm sorry, he cross-checked Sidney Crosby right in the face in 2017, didn't get yep. suspended. He breaks uh, Brendan Gallagher's jaw. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, in terms of gamesmanship, the Elaine Vigneault comments today. Oh, given, my God. Uh, this has been unbelievable. Not only that, but the Can- I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, like, the Canadians really lobbied yesterday for that suspension you know they put the they put the video out on their twitter feed yep. like that never happens 
Right. And the Canadians have been so guarded about injuries and everything, and yeah. they came right out and said that this is what happened to Gallagher. Like, they were lobbying hard for this, which we don't often see. And, yes, you know today about the quotes that Gallagher had in 2014, and I absolutely think that that's what Vigneault is referring to, 100%. Yep. Easy for Vigneault. He doesn't have to play against the player. And that's, like, you know my theory. I don't like seeing – and I, I, it's gamesmanship and it's playoffs. But when a game's going on, I don't think coaches should be talking to players on the, on, on, on the ice. And, frankly, players shouldn't ch- uh, chirp coaches either. Coaches chirp coaches, players chirp players, and broadcasters chirp broadcasters. That's kind of how it works. So, uh, but anyways, broadcasters do you chirp, uh, Bob? I've I mellowed significantly with age because I would always lose them because I get outsmarted by all of them, Elliot. You know that, especially the guys <laughs> in Toronto. Uh, but, look, like, like, you know, like honestly, I think he should have gotten at least two games. Yeah, I think okay. he should have been out for the rest I of the I think they but need to. They need you to look at the, I know. look at the history. That's exactly what was happening. Simple question. I'll throw it out there right now to our listeners on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Cross-check a guy in the face. Should you get a th- minimum three-game suspension? Is that fair? If you use your stick well, as a weapon, if you use your stick as a weapon, even and you end up breaking a guy's and there's an injury, should it not be a, a, a minimum three-game suspension? I think well, it should I, be. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to argue that with you. Like, yeah. I, like, like, I don't think anyone's going to argue that with you, Bob. If you injure a guy with your stick, it should be a, a serious yeah. penalty. But th- there's two sides to this. Like, the players also argue against suspensions. Yes, and the PA does. That's what I meant, the PA. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, is anybody in the East as good as Vegas and Colorado, do you think? I mean, Vegas and Colorado have looked impressive. What about the I teams? Thought, that- I, thought, I thought Tampa looked really good. Yeah. Like, 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 I think Columbus is a hard team to play against. Oh, yeah. And that series was close. I mean, there were two overtime games. And, <laughs> and Tampa's doing this without Stamkos. I, I thought they looked really good. And you know what? To be honest, like, I'm, I'm not really an anti-Boston guy. I, I don't know if they're as good with Halak as opposed to Rask. But, geez, like, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, if, it, if it's Tampa-Boston, that's going to be, and that's that'll be the series if if Montreal wins. Um, that'll be a hell of a series. Well, the Islanders are hard to play against too, and in uh, Mitch Corn, wherever he goes, those teams goalies play great. And I w- I'd have concern of goalies that have let you know seen Mitch Corn leave their organizations or they've left because I wonder if there's a drop off after a couple of years because there's going to be a bunch of goalies on the UFA market like potentially Robin Lehner who had Corn with the Islanders and of course Braden Holtby who had Corn with the uh, Capitals. Is there any chance Todd Reardon's in trouble? By the way, Elliot. I think it's possible. I, I you know, I, I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting there. Um, I, I do think it's a possibility, and I, I think it's something the Capitals are considering as a coaching change. Just on Columbus, Edmonton has Andreas Athanasiu, represented by Darren Ferris, who also represents Taylor Hall who also represents Josh Anderson in Columbus. Columbus has got to get some guys signed, including uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was brilliant in the playoffs. Could Josh Anderson be in play this summer? I, I think I think that's going to be, does Columbus, I think the first decision is, does Columbus going to want to sign him for a term deal? Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that that has been... Uh, discussed. Uh, I think that's something that I shouldn't say it has been discussed. I don't know that's the case. 
but I think that's Columbus, like a, a discussion internally they've got to have. Like you, he's got one year away to UFA. You can't be dealing with that necessarily. You've got to kind of make a decision. Are we going to sign this guy for term? So that's Love number one. Love I, I did want to say also, too, I, I think that, you know, Athens, Sioux, you and I have been talking about that a lot. I think the Oilers are kind of looking at situations like, okay, if we don't qualify you or, or we don't do it at that number, um, is there anything else you're willing to do? I think they're talking about that, but I, I just don't know if the qualification makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's he's got to be qualified at $3 bucks, and I wonder how proactive the agents are going to be recognizing there's going to be, like, there were two pretty good RFAs last year that did not get qualified. Josh Archibald and Nick Cousins both look like pretty good players right now. Arizona didn't qualify either guys because they thought they were going to lose the arm case. So there you go. Elliot, as always, we appreciate your time. I look forward to watching you tonight. I had somebody text me today and say Kevin Bieksa is the Tony Romo of the uh, uh, broadcast for Sportsnet, and you're the brains oh of the broadcast. And you're the right, brains of the broadcast. Right, well, tell them thank you, but that's going to go right to BX's head. Well, he's, yeah, well, anyhow, it's, it's going good. Thanks for your time, well, Elliot. He's, been doing, he's been doing a great job. It's a fantastic ad for us. Much appreciated, Elliot. Take care. Have a great weekend. You too, Bob. Take care, bud. Yeah, it's Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Uh, Elliot is our headliner today for Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. We will tell you, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had, Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. We'll zip out for two minutes, come back with a quick Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. It's 1255 in Edmonton. Hi, this is Jujar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Haji says, come on, Elliot. Uh, and again, we love Elliot on the show. We know that f- what fighting does to brains now. Uh, what kind of damage does a cross-check to the face or the head do? Uh, should be minimum three-game suspension. Uh Bob, how long until we see civil litigation when the league doesn't do its due diligence? One game for a broken jaw is not enough. Um, this text comes in. Why is the NHL arguing against suspensions? Shouldn't the NHLPA be lobbying to protect its players? Uh, things that make you go, hmm. And again, you can text us. Don says, yes, definitely uh, if, if you, you know, cause an injury you should miss more games trucker dave says five game suspension should have been the go uh, again uh you know more comments saying you know cross check cross check i mean how it possibly is only a one game and elliot was you know he thought it should have been two i sh- i thought minimum three games uh for the cross check on brendan gallagher and by the way gallagher went after the first shift of the game he went after provorov and matt niskanen and he challenged Provorov to a fight. He went after Niskanen. Niskanen was chirping him a bit. It's not the first time Niskanen's cross-checked somebody in the face. That's the problem I have with it. We've seen that act from him before. So, the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Brendan Gallagher has played, uh, has been a driver for the Canadians, 33 and 31 goal seasons, last two full years out for Montreal, and quote-unquote sucking out of a straw, according to uh, General Manager Mark Bergevin. Elsewhere, here's 
Brendan Escott. It'll be Shane Gostaspare that replaces Matt Niskanen in the lineup. He's missed the last three games as a healthy scratch for Philly. Alex Steen doubtful for the Blues tonight in Game 6 against Vancouver. The Canucks will be without Tyler Myers until the next round, it sounds like. He's got a partially separated shoulder. Alex Edler, of course, took that high skate up near his ear. He is, uh, Travis Green actually would not say whether or not he'll be ready tonight. Tyler Foley could, Tyler Tuffoley rather, could well make his return tonight. He also hasn't played since October, or pardon me, uh, August 2nd with a lower body injury, so all likelihood might not make that uh, return. Islanders forward Cal Clutterbuck did not play yesterday against the Capitals, presumably dealing with a lower body issue, and both Ben Bishop and Matthias Janmark absent last night in the Stars series victory. They are deemed unfit to participate, which, Bob, is something that the NBA has said that teams are no longer allowed to you know, throw the blanket statement on injury anymore they're requiring teams to to uh, essentially label the body part that's hurt on these players yeah absolutely uh, the chiseler out of Vegas Bob three to five game suspension for Niskanen uh, you would have been beaten up for that back in the 1980s I agree off to a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy when we come back Portland Winterhawks Seth Jarvis he's a 2020 draft eligible it's in that range where the orders pick at 14 and Gord Bamford a well-known country musician who's involved in a a great initiative uh, for mental health. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.